But is uh, let me push back a little bit okay. on that. Yes, suffering does come, bro. It, it, it comes. But isn't there something inerrant? Isn't there a, an inerrant sacrifice the moment we follow Jesus? Mm -hmm. Yes. So it's not just that if it comes. Like God wants us to prosper, but not in the ways that Western society defines. And I think we need to make a huge difference between this. And it, it actually goes back to what you're saying, right? It's the way God gives us love. It's the way that God gives us peace. But for example, has the Western church really uh, embraced the teaching of Jesus of having to carry a cross? Appreciate everyone coming um, or, you know, viewing. It's just pretty much three pastors here today. Appreciate you guys uh, tuning in. And we decided to start a podcast, uh, uh, us three as pastors, talking about, I think, relevant issues. Um, it, you know, the, the time is never to stay silent, I think. And there has to be a balance of speaking out about things that are happening in our church, especially we see them right as pastors. Um Before we were talking to here, Pastor Harold said, you said, we don't pretend to have the answers, right? If anything, what we what we want to is to encourage people to go out and look at their Bibles and see, hey, does, does this make sense? Um, we need encouragement. We need um, love. But we need love in the way that God defines it, right? And then and, and, is it okay to say that there's going to be uncomfortable things that we're going to be talking about? I think it's important to say that it's going to be uncomfortable because... There's a lot of uncomfortable issues that are out there that are being left to the side and no one's no one brings them up. And so whatever is whatever is out there, uh, everyone accepts because nobody wants to be uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. So I think in a lot of conversations that we're going to have, um, being uncomfortable is not going to be a bad thing. It's going to be a opportunity to open the door for a conversation yeah because it's just, and adding to that the, there's jesus came to uncomfort people right mm -hmm. and i i uh who was this pastor at ice i think he was like a ministerial at the gc and i never forgot this he says as preachers we preach to to bring comfort to the uncomforted right and to uncomfort the comforted mm -hmm. right the, this is jesus ministry was full of uncomfortness but god god works in the uncomfortness right Yeah, but his his uncomfortableness wasn't just to keep them uncomfortable. Yeah, there was you to go. help them reflect. Exactly. You know, and that's what we want to do is um and and the other side of that, and I think it's important that we say it too is that it's okay to disagree mm. with us. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um but to disagree with with not not the the spirit of being disagreeable and attacking, but more like Okay, I disagree. So now I want to add this element to the conversation so that we can see if if there is a middle ground to what we're saying, mm. right? Mm -hmm. if, if if the truth itself is going to come up to the surface, not simply for the sake of of challenging people. Mm. And, I, and and something about our approach is that it, it's not so much uh, sharing an opinion, but I think our approach is using basic principles basic principles of interpretation seeing what the word of god says about something right mm -hmm. and i think that's that's important to mention because everybody has an opinion on the bible mm -hmm. that's why we have so many different yep. churches but 
our approach, at least my approach, is going to be using basic principles and healthy principles of interpretation and, 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 and then seeing what the Word of God says about that. Uh, because then, then we just be throwing another opinion into the into the arena, and that's just a, that's a little bit pointless. Yeah, I don't know if, if we should introduce ourselves to everyone. So my name yeah, is Harold we should actually, Rosales, yeah. and what do you do? I'm I'm a Seventh Avenue pastor here in Provo and Price. My name is Abel Alvarado, and I'm a pastor in Ogden and Logan. And I'm a pastor actually in Ogden in the Spanish community. So. Uh, we're at we're out here in Utah. I think it's a disclaimer. It would be important that when when we say things, we're talking about all our ministry. We're talking about the mm-hmm. books we've read. We're not talking about like our churches, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're not saying like this is not look. This is what happened in my church. And a lot of times we're gonna say, hey, we've had these experiences, and you might see us. We're kind of. I mean, I hope you guys see us young, <laughs> except for Harold. I'm not young anymore. I'm, an, I'm the old guy. Yeah. Group. With him, you can you can see, uh, you could probably think he's pastored 100 churches and we'll let you know. Yeah, I'm in. But when we talk about experiences and we say this has happened to me, we're not going to say the name of the churches, whatever. Just know that we pastored more than one church already in our past. So um, our point is not to call people out. Our point is to talk about what the church is. I think that disclaimer is important. Yeah, I think that's very good. Uh, with that introduction, I think we go ahead and, and start today's um, first... Uh, theme. Um, obviously, we're pastoring out here in the West, Western Church. And when I mean Western Church, uh, as we use the word Western, uh, the phrase Western Church, we're speaking like the Western world, right? Um, it could include Europe, uh, but specifically out here, United States, um, uh, Canada, maybe in some cases, a lot of Latin America, right? Um, our folks, our parents come from those um, backgrounds. So when we talk about the Western Church, we're talking about the church out here, right? Um, the church looks different in different places. It doesn't look the same everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yet, uh, there's big areas that we can say are, ca- are are characterized by, they might have a lot of things in common, right? So, if, you know, when we look at the seven churches in the Bible, you have, um, there's some things that some churches have in common with others. Mm. Some don't. And that's why at the end of every letter, it says, uh, Whoever has ears, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches, because there's overlapping. It's not just a letter for one church. There might be people in other churches that, that are following the, or are having the same issues, right? But we're speaking out to our experience out here, what we're seeing, our experiences, obviously, as pastors, our experiences as Christians. But like you said, but also what the Bible says, mm-hmm. um, because theology is made off of God's word. Not necessarily, uh, it is experiences of other people in the Bible, but, you know, they were inspired. We're not inspired. Mm-hmm. So we have to go by the the inspiration, right? So the Western church, we're talking about one of the issues we're going to talk about right now is how comfortable is the Western church? And is this an issue about being comfortable? Um, what do you guys think? What do you think? What do you think when we say is the church comfortable? I think when we look at the the the, the Christian church, uh, I think we have to look at it from the lens of the Laodicean church in the book of Revelation because there are several characteristics that we find there that are very important to explain why uh, the church is the way it is. For example... In the Laodicean church, it talks about how 
the reason why it's comfortable is because it doesn't feel like they need anything. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I don't know if a lot of, of our people, because when we're talking about church, we're not talking about a building. We're talking about the people, right? Mm -hmm. And that's important to define. Um, I think many of our people, regardless of their economic status um, and livelihood, most most people feel like if if their bills are paid, if there's food on the table, if uh, all those things are all in place, then everything is good. But I think we forget that even though those things are important and they're essential to our livelihoods, uh, we can't forget about the spiritual part. And that's where I think where we are very poor, but many people may feel very rich in. Yes. I, I, would, I would add, for example, one of the problems that I see in, 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 in the Western church is that based off of Laodicea, and I think that's good because that's, that's a representation of today's church. At least that's what God meant it, right? Uh, speaking prophetic-wise. It, it seems like the Western church has made an idol out of comfort. Mm. Mm-hmm. Being comfortable has become an idol. And in um, in Laodicea, they were comfortable. Mm-hmm. Because the, the premise is you... He he says it in the uh, Jesus says it in the letter, right? You think you have need of nothing, right? You're good, you're comfortable. You got money, you got rich, you got you got clothes. Um, you're a little bit richer than you should be, actually, because they thought they were rich. It wasn't just they were okay economically; they were rich. So they had there's this sense of materialism. There's a sense of uh, looking out for things. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to say it, man, the American dream is can sometimes become the idol. And sometimes, what we can talk about this, is the American dream compatible sometimes with scripture? Like in, 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 in essence, not that we're saying it's bad to have things, right? But so, for example, this is leading us to our other thing because comfort seems to have become, is becoming an idol, has become an idol. And the moment that church the church or Jesus asks you to leave that comfort or to accept being uncomfortable through suffering. Now we're talking about suffering specifically. It seems like there's a pushback to that. It's like, okay, I'll be part of the church, but don't take away from my resources. I'll be part of the church, but don't make me give that much money. I'll be part of the church, but don't make me give too much of my time. And that's, and that, and that's very difficult because, you know, nobody wants to be uncomfortable. Right. Nobody wakes up in the morning and says, I am looking for. How can I be uncomfortable today? How can I be uncomfortable? (laughs) How can I suffer today? Right. And I don't think that's exactly what God is saying, because God, God wants us to to be able to prosper. Yeah. Right. He wants us to be successful. All those things that that we seek, we work so hard for. Right. God wants those things for us. But. Like in the Laodicean church, when when he's talking to them, he says, look, I don't have an issue with you being rich. What I have an issue is that the gold that you've got is not from me. That's why he says, grab the gold from me. Yeah. Right. So that I can make you not only successful, peaceful, but you can also understand that when trials come, difficulty comes, that you don't have to abandon me or hide or anything like that, like Adam and Eve did. Mm-hmm. Because 
I'm there. I'm the one that can challenge whatever difficulty that comes. That's why we have many examples in the Bible where Jesus stops the storm. Why does he stop the storm? Yeah. To make the disciples comfortable again? No. It's because he wanted to demonstrate that with him, everything is possible, even the impossible. And so I think when we when we talk about suffering or we talk about discomfort, we, we are addressing it in the context of, well, we can't stop it from coming, right? Yeah. So it doesn't matter if you're a believer or you're not, suffering is going to come, mm-hmm. right? This is the world that we live in. So God says, well, since we know that, then stay with me mm-hmm. because I can help you with it. That doesn't mean you're not going to experience pain or suffering. That's why there's a, there's a favorite verse that I have um, that's in uh, John 14, verse 27, that says, I give you my peace and not like the world gives it. So there's there's something just to that where he's explaining that the peace that the world gives you, every element has to fit. Everything has to be in peace, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But in God's peace, it nothing has to be at peace. Mm. It's just his presence is what gives us the peace. Yeah. That's why he says, don't let your heart... Uh, uh, I give you my peace, not like the world gives it. And then he adds, don't let your heart be troubled. And then I like the last verse that he that that is added there. And don't be afraid. And why can't why should I be afraid? Because he has it. But is uh, let me push back a little bit okay. on that. Yes, suffering does come, bro. It, it, it comes. But isn't there something inerrant? Isn't there a, an inerrant? sacrifice the moment we follow Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yes. So it's not just that if it comes, like God wants us to prosper, but not in the ways that Western society define. And I think we need to make a huge difference between this. And it, it actually goes back to what you're saying, right? It's the way God gives us love. It's the way that God gives us peace. But for example, has the Western church really uh, embraced the teaching of Jesus of having to carry a cross. Well, here's here's the thing with that. We we got to look at history. The church stopped suffering for, mm. for a big moment. It's from from its from its conception. It suffer, It began suffering with Jesus yeah. and his disciples, yeah. right? And he said to himself, "If I'm if I'm rejected, if I'm persecuted, mm-hmm. what chance do you stand?" Right. So from the from from its What's the word? Inception? Uh, concep- inception? Yeah, from its start, from its from beginning. From its beginning, the church suffered. There's a moment we can pinpoint in history, and obviously there's a lot of factors that led to that, where the church stopped suffering. The Edict of Milan officially ended persecution. The church became comfortable. The church stopped being persecuted. The church received, uh, each each Christian received a robe, or they received acceptance up to that point, if you recall, it was in the catacombs. It was in homes. You were you were pers- you, you you literally suffered for your belief in Jesus Christ. That ends in in three hundred thirteen with well, the Edict of Milan. Let's even going further back in Jerusalem. In Jerusalem, they they grew like it, right? Peter preaches three thousand, two thousand baptized everyone starts getting baptized and it seems that for a while they start getting comfortable and then it uh acts says that what they start being persecuted so now they start going what 
they start going out spreading out start spreading out it seems like the church think about this it's what you're saying it seems like the church thrives when it suffers correct when it embraces suffering I have to clear this up is what you said. When we mean embracing suffering, we're not talking about how do I find ways to suffer? Mm -hmm. No, it means that when someone gives it all for Jesus, it causes a stir in all the areas of life. So for example, someone follows Jesus, right? What happens to their giving? Does, mm. does the way you give change? Should it change? So let's say you were a good person, right? And you gave to charity. A lot of people give to charity. In the United States, it's actually one of the leading countries in charity still. I think that has a lot to do with Christianity. Mm -hmm. But it could give way more, I think. But let's say you give to charity, but then you come and see the gospel, right? You know that Jesus gave it all. Should you be giving the same as you gave before? Or do you give now sacrificially? Mm. But we don't want to give sacrificially. And, and that's what I'm saying. It's going to cause suffering. In a way, you're kind of causing a little bit of suffering. But you're causing it because you're, give, you're carrying a cross and you're giving it off for Jesus. And it seems that the Western church, rather we'd rather keep our comfortness. And, you know, as long as Pastor Francis Chan says this, he says, a lot of people think Christianity is like, you know what? Christianity is about just don't get divorced, you know, just be pro-life. And, and, and just, that's cool. Go to church once a week. In the Bible, it was way more than that. Do, do you really think that would have cost a stir back in the day? In the days of Jesus, if that was just being a Christian, would it really cost a stir? Would it, why the heck would people persecute them? Their, their, their beliefs and their principles were the reason for their persecution. What they stood for, what they believed was the reason why they were, why they were persecuted, why they were suffering. However, when, that, when, when the state finally says, hey, we're not going to persecute you anymore. As a matter of fact, let's turn Christianity to the, to the, na to the nation, the national religion. Persecution ends, and see, and we see a shift there. When we talk about the Western Church, this is historically our church. When we see that shift there, the church stops suffering, and and it's interesting that as soon as suffering starts, it goes hand in hand with the heresy that started penetrating the church. We see we see the the deviation from God's principles, and we start seeing as soon as as soon as the church gets to a position of comfort. Its doctrine also starts shifting away mm. from God's principles. Mm. And I think that's very important what you're saying because that puts in perspective what we are trying to articulate when it comes to suffering. Mm -hmm. uh, because what, what, what we are saying, if, if I'm understanding you guys correctly, is what is causing the suffering is not something external that we're doing. Is is simply that we are following what yes, God is saying. Correct. So because we are following his ideology and living out his ideology, that in itself causes the stir. Correct. It's not like we're going yes. around poking on people yeah. or, or agencies or governments and saying, see, we want to have trouble. It's it's the it's living the life yes. that God has given us that automatically causes that. And I think Uh, in the book of Matthew chapter 5, in the last beatitude, it talks about how Jesus says, you will be persecuted for my name's sake. Yes. So it's not saying that you're going to be persecuted because you you went out to look for a fight. Mm -hmm. Right? There you go. So, so I think that's the, the, the issue that we are we're trying to, to really put on the table for everyone to consider is that 
are we really living out the gospel? Because if we are living out the gospel, then we should have the expectation that the cross is going to become heavier. But see, and that goes back to the Laodicea church. They were a church, by the way. That's why that's why there's a letter to them. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about Christian Christians. Were they willing to carry a cross? Are they we wa- willing to carry a cross now? See, so that they wanted to be a church without having to carry a cross. Because carrying a cross is uncomfort- uncomforting. Having to live out Jesus' teachings is important. So, for example, this is the problem with evangelism. And I think this is a serious question. Like, how do we go about telling people that Christianity means to carry a cross? So in Luke chapter, uh, what is it? Luke chapter 14, Jesus says, hey, you have to check if you have enough to build a tower. If you don't hate family members more than me, now he's not calling to hate family members. He's just saying, "Are you? if you don't love me more than your family members, because guess what? For my name's sake, what you were saying you're going to be hated by some family members. Mm-hmm. But if you don't want to be hated by family members, no problem. Just don't carry a cross because in that same chapter, he says, whoever does not have a cross, whoever does not carry a cross and follows me cannot be my disciple. Then he says, if you have 10,000 men, you have to make, you got to be ready. Can you say, hey, I'm going to go and face the 20,000 that are coming against me. And then he goes off and finishes that part by saying that we are the salt. But if the, the salt loses its flavor, when? When it doesn't carry the cross. And that's Laodicea, right? It was a church, but it was a flavorless church. And 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 if you look at the first church in in Revelation chapter two, Jesus says a, re- a lot of good things about the Ephesus yeah. church. Yeah. He says in verse two, I know your deeds. Ephesus. Your, excuse me, Ephesus. Yeah. I know your deeds, your hard work, your perseverance. I know that you cannot tolerate wicked people, that you have tested those who claim to be apostles but are not. And have found them false. You have preserved and have endured hardship for my namesake, mm. and have not gone and have not grown weary. If you are looking at this church, you think you the said I- they're perfect. Ideal. That's the right church, yeah. the ideal church. Yeah. But then that's why I really like the first chapter of Revelation because it says yeah. that God was walking among the churches. Yeah. If He doesn't walk among them, how do they know that they're that yeah. they're not in the right state? Yeah. yeah. Right? He knows them more than they think He knows them. And then He adds. Yet I hold against I hold something against you. Yikes. Wait a minute, but we're doing everything that's mm-hmm. right, right? Mm-hmm. And he says you have forsaken the love of uh, you have forsaken your first, first love. love. When 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 the Bible refers to love, it's talking about God Himself, right? Because mm-hmm. God is love. That's where that's the source of our love. And so for for Christians to think that because their church has grown and it's growing, um that they have a lot of money in the bank. Um, Theologically correct, maybe they, even. Yeah. That's why. Right, thesis, right. Right. Uh, but they have, they're missing the main component, which is Christ, because Christ is the only one that tells us that something's wrong, right? He's the one that, that guides us, that corrects us, that brings us to a standard that we can only follow and live by because of him. Mm. And I think many of us are trying to live the standard by our own power, mm. by our own intelligence, by our own um, academics. And what happens is that we stop carrying the cross. There's a picture once that I saw of several people that started with a cross, right? Yeah. And every time they walked, 
some people would stop and cut a little bit of the cross. <laughs> Boom. Right? But there was one guy that kept the cross the same way. And every time they walked, they would always stop and cut. So they get to the end of the of the mountain. Mm-hmm. And the only way to cross it was to put the cross in its full Dude. complexion on the on, so that it could go from end to end. That guy passed, but the other guys were looking because they had caught the cross so much that it was worthless. I've never heard of that, bro. I've never heard of that decision. That's amazing. Yeah. So, so this is the thing. The Western church, we like to cut off from our cross. So, for example, we say we carry a cross, but maybe let, let's, let's take your analogy further. Sacrificially giving. Uh, you know, I need my home, my business. Let me cut off a little bit. I'll give, but not that much. Hey, we got to get involved in church. Yeah? Yeah, that takes time. What do you mean? Well, you know, Jesus said, let's go make disciples. And he said, that's going to take time because he's priority, right? I'll, I'll give you like, I, I could do once a Saturday. I'll, co- I'm co- I'll come on Sabbath. I'll come on Sunday to church. Cut off more of the cross, right? Because you don't want to carry, you don't want to give too much time. Energy. Man, I'm tired, man. And what are you doing? Well, 90% of the time I'm working. The other 10%, I'm watching TV. Like, I got to relax. So what does God get? Well, I could give him 1%. Cross a little, t- take off a little bit more of the cross. So we're taking, now, this does not mean it's, we're not talking about a salvation by works, right? Mm. We have to clear that up. Yeah. We're not talking about salvation by works. But, but two things are true at the same time. We're saved by grace, but we're called to carry a cross. Uh, James says, show me your faith without works, and I will show you my faith with my works. Mm. So it's a balance there, you know? My faith is going to grow as I am experiencing the gospel in my flesh. But if I'm just sitting there and just just going to church once a week and feel that that's going to do it all, well, how do I expect my faith to grow if that's all I give? So when, when, when difficult moments come in my life, all I have is that little bit that's mm. there. You know, and someone would challenge us and say, well, isn't, didn't the, the virgins only have a little bit of oil? Didn't they fall asleep? And then, and, and, but, but I think they're missing the point that because they had a little, it went away and they had to go buy some more. Mm-hmm. We're always buying the oil, the Holy Spirit, every time we're responding to it. Mm-hmm. But if we are just responding very little, at some point, when we are not focused on it, I think that's where it drips, drips and drips until we have no more. And you're going to say something? Yeah. So going back to what you're saying, which is how, how, it, how this has affected the Christ, Christianity today is that it's in two ways. Number one, the spiritual health of the church. Mm-hmm. You have a lot of, of social club members, mm-hmm. unfortunately. You don't have disciples. You have social club members Yikes. that that show up to a club once a week. You're gonna get us in trouble. <laughs> they're they're there for the for the show for the yeah. entertainment. As a matter of fact, it's true. You 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 create an environment to the point where they can pick and choose which preacher I like, which preacher I don't, mm-hmm. which sermon I don't, which 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 music I like. Which, so what the way it has affected is that it's changed the whole dynamic of what church is. And again, we can mm. we can point back to historically and and say where this started, right? Because at that time, church was was suffering in the in the catacombs in, in in houses. Constantine says, "Hey, take the temples, 
-hmm. Take the temple, yeah. the, the temples that were previously for other for other gods. Now they're yours. And and so then the church enters a state of comfort. Comfort. Now we can come and sit down. We don't have to look over our shoulder to see who's mm -hmm. who's persecuting us. Now I can come, sit down, and enjoy the show. And so this this isn't just something that started yesterday. This is yeah. something that that the church has has it's has, developed has yeah. de has developed but has 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 always gone through. And so, number one, I think the spiritual health of the church has been affected. And number two, in our evangelism. Mm -hmm. Now, in evangelism, there's two there's 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 two paths that that you can that that are the mainstream that have been affected number one is is by saying don't suffer mm -hmm. yeah. come come to this gospel come to god Jesus. will take away all he'll your take care of everything yeah. yep if as a matter of fact yep. if if you're pros if you're you're prosperous that means god is with you right mm -hmm. but then i see another extreme as well and this is where we need to be cautious where we start imposing suffering mm-hmm yes you need to find a way to suffer yeah yeah, yeah and yeah. then you start provoking suffering and then and then the more trouble you get into, the more faithful you are. Yeah. And so yeah. then, we, then we scream and shout persecution for something you provoked yourself mm -hmm. that Jesus had nothing to do with. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So there's two extremes that we need to be right. cautious. And sometimes our churches, there's groups that lean towards provoking suffering because that's what we've been called to. No, suffering will come as a result of our relationship with Jesus Christ. It's 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 inevitable, right? What does he say in Matthew chapter? Uh, sorry, John chapter 15, verse 18. If if the world hates you, know that it hated me first. Mm -hmm. If you were of the world, the world would love you mm -hmm. as its own, right? But he says, but because you are not of this world, and I chose you out of the world, because of this, the world hates you. So what he's saying is our relationship, you knowing me, is going to get you in trouble in and of its own. You don't have to look for it. Yeah, in Just, and of itself, it, it's, it's going to come. <laughs> but but there's a group of our our church members. I'm going to tell it to you, and and I'm not just talking Adventism now, but there's there's Christian groups that go out of their way to look for suffering, look for trouble, and then and then they scream persecution over something they provoke themselves, yeah. which has nothing to do with our relationship with Christ. Yeah. yeah well, the persecution comes when you obey Jesus. Mm -hmm. If you're obeying Jesus, right? Mm -hmm. It's not just about persecution. No, it's persecution for his namesake. Mm. So a lot of people, like you're saying, that's the other extreme, right? I'm being persecuted because I'm a Christian. Really? What happened? Well, I told some dude that he was stupid and he's an idiot for not following Jesus. Well, bro, that's not for Jesus' sake. Mm -hmm. that, that's Satan's sake. name. That's mm -hmm. not obeying Jesus. Mm -hmm. You call that upon yourself. You have to make sure that you're in line with what Jesus is saying. Mm -hmm. But going back to the dynamics of evangelism, you said this changes the dynamics of evangelism because we're so... We're worried about numbers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And suffering. Let, let's let's let let's lay it out flat. Yeah. Jesus said himself. When the gospel of Jesus is not really a popular mm -hmm. in the sense that it calls to human nature. Mm -hmm. No. Jesus' gospel does not call to human nature. It challenges our human nature. Yes. Mm. It's calling to transform us. Yes. The problem with the evangelism is since I think the church, the Western church, and, and you know, we've, I, I could say maybe at a point even in ministry, I've probably fallen into this. I like to say I have fallen into this. We're looking at ways to call out to human people's nature. And we don't want to lay out the carrying the cross part. Mm -hmm. And Jesus was not afraid of laying it down to all those people who wanted to make him king. 
because he gave them he he multiplied the bread, he multiplied the loaves and right and, and and the fish. They wanted to make him king. He runs away. They finally find him. And then when they try to say, hey, give us the manna, like, you know, he says, you know, God gave you guys manna. And they're like, yeah, by the way, in those days, they were expecting, there was a tradition that was expecting that the Messiah would provide manna. That was one of the signs. And they're like, give us this manna again. Give us that sign. And Jesus says, yeah, here's the sign. I am the manna. I am the bread of life. Mm -hmm. And what does John 6 say? A whole bunch of them, what do they do? They leave. Because it's too much. They're like, who can follow this? Like, we have to give everything for you. I thought you were going to give us something. I thought you were going to make us comfortable. I thought we weren't going to have to go to Costco anymore. We just have, you know, we have the free Costco card. We go to Costco and that thing would just be charged with money. And, you know, we get free food. We get a, the American dream and etc. But Jesus' gospel is not about that. It's about making him priority. But that comes with carrying a cross. How, how do we manage that in evangelism? Because we don't say that, mu that much. In, in So we look at the numbers, right? So we say, how do we make it more interesting? Well, you know, fine, let's tell people to come. But as long as they don't serve, they don't have to serve. Or let's tell them to come, but tell, let's tell them to give. Or m maybe even just giving is enough. We could tell them, give, and you should be good. Like, you don't have to be involved in church. You don't have to. So it's more a consumer base. Who said it right now? I come to church. I sit. I enjoy but if we look at the teachings of Jesus, if we look at the church, hey, James 1 literally says that they count as joy their suffering. Yeah. This theology of suffering should be count as joy. Why? How and how do we go about telling people like, because we don't want to scare them away, right? So there's a, there's a tension between telling people Jesus is love and everything, but at the same time, it, it means something. It doesn't just mean like you come once a month and I mean, once a week and just relax. Like you said, a social club. So this is going to sound like I am trying to say that we as pastors um, shouldn't baptize. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. But it's become more about the quantity than the quality of disciples. Mm -hmm. Right. It's become almost a corporate thing where, um, they are looking at how many people we can get through the door, but very little worried about the people that go out the door, mm -hmm. right? And a lot of it has to do with keeping up with the corporate structure mm -hmm. that our church currently has, where there's a place for it, yeah. For certain things. But when we are talking about human beings, uh, we need to be talking about allowing those human beings a time to surrender, a time to really grow in Jesus. Um, that's not to say that, 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 you know, if someone wants to be baptized, because the only thing that I understand that the Bible says that a person should be baptized for is, if they believe and love Jesus. Yeah. There's no other that I've seen. There's no other thing that the, 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 the Ethiopian, that's what he was telling. Mm -hmm. um, who was it? Uh, Philip. Philip. Right. Hey, what else do I need to know? And he didn't. And Philip is explaining what he's reading. He yeah. still didn't even understand what he was reading. And he said, well, what do I need to do? And Philip says, well, do you love the Lord? Mm -hmm. And he says, yeah, so let's, yeah. let's stay, do it. So I'm not discounting that fact. Or I'm not saying pastors shouldn't worry about 
people being baptized. But when that becomes the center of what we're supposed to be doing, instead of demonstrating uh, to people how to live in Christ, because that's what's going to propel them. That's what's going to push them, not just a moment of baptism. You know what I mean? So let me challenge you on this okay. a little bit. And I think at the same time you're saying this, to love Jesus means to carry a cross for Jesus. Of course. And I think that's the part we don't teach. Right. So when we say someone needs to, someone's going to get baptized, should they have a knowledge somehow, a knowledge of what it means to carry a cross and that it means to carry a cross, or do we exclude that? So see, see what I'm saying. So, so do, you said I, I do see. you said it's enough to just love, but I and I do think yeah, it is enough to love and to accept Jesus as Savior. But I feel that in that teaching, loving isn't the love like today, right? Like that love where yeah. you just oh, so I, you know you're cool, we're homies. No, no, it's a sacrificial. Love. Sure. So I think I think the part that is important about the whole love situation is that as human beings we know that when we when we get into a relationship when we we all have spouses right yeah yeah we understood that love came with the good the bad and the ugly yep right yep yep and i think that is part of what god tries to demonstrate to to all of us as we're walking with him right and and it's not so much that that has to take the the principal um, study on when we're studying with people uh, because they have to understand how much God loves them. So that will sustain them during the trials. Because I will tell you, as, as, as Ruby and I, that's my wife, we have had a lot of good moments and a lot of very bad moments. Yeah. And what made me stay with her and keep up with her was because I loved her. You know, mm -hmm. and I think that plays so much in us staying with God because the, the contrary to that is they may know that there is suffering, but if they don't love God, they're not going to go through the wilderness with him. They're yeah. going to say, I, well, why am I going to go through all this suffering? I'm going to I'm going to just walk away, you know, so 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 we have to understand that that this is that the love is about the journey with God. You know, there, there's a there's a story that I learned um, that the Japanese tell, mm -hmm. right? And the Japanese have a very interesting way of telling stories. They don't finish the story. They mm -hmm. tell you the story. And then for the Japanese mind, they're like, oh, that yeah, makes yeah. sense. Yeah. But for the Western mind, it doesn't. But I'm going to tell you the story so yeah. you guys can hear my point. So the story is that there's this man running in the wilderness, mm -hmm. right? And there's a tiger following him behind. And this man comes to the edge of the mountain and he's looking around and doesn't see a way out, but he knows the tiger's following him. But as he looks down, he sees a big branch, mm. right? And he jumps on the branch. And so the tiger finally makes it and he's looking around. And for the Japanese, that's the end of the story. Mm, okay. And you're like, what is the, what's yeah. the whole point of that? Mm. Well, if you, if you keep thinking what the Japanese understood is, that Japanese understood that the tiger's always going to be there. Yeah. He's going to go up and down, up and down. But it's not about the tiger anymore because we know it's there. It's about the journey. What am I going to do on the street? Am I just going to sit here and die? Or am I going to make something of it while I'm on this branch? Mm -hmm. You know? And that's the whole point of, of the whole suffering, the cross thing. You know, are we going to 
Are we going to pay more attention to the suffering part, the tiger? Mm. Or are mm. we going to be about our father's business, like Jesus said, in the journey? Yes. And I, I, I 100%, I think that we do that. The problem that I feel is that we leave out the tiger in the story. Mm. The Western church leaves out the tiger. We leave out the suffering. We're, we're looking for ways, lights, fog. Hey, don't get me wrong. I like stuff like that, like a good Christian concert, all that. But we leave out the part of the suffering, and we, we usually say, we'll teach them later. But when that part comes, we see people, the Western church is not committed. So let me ask you something. So do you feel like when you teach about God's love, it negates the suffering? I feel the Western church has done that. Right, but Because but Jesus how? didn't do it. Right. Jesus didn't do it. Jesus was straight up clear. And he right. said, if you want to follow me, it's not me being a king. They're like, man, we're going to, mm -hmm. it's all lovey. Wow. Hey, Jesus was popular, man. Jesus was popular until he wasn't. Mm -hmm. And he wanted them to know it wasn't, right? So we like, man, look at my church, bro. It's 100, 200, 300 people until it isn't, until you tell them, you know, you have to love your neighbor, right? Oh, yeah, yeah it's cool. We love him. No, we have to give sacrificially. Then it comes down. Hey, you know what? We have to um, give our time to Jesus. Uh, yeah. So we we. Say that along the way, thinking, oh, well, they'll catch up to the tiger, maybe in this sense. We'll tell them about the tiger later. And Jesus, he let the tiger out right away, bro, because he said, this is part of my loving relationship. But he said this, like what you're saying, you don't have to fear the tiger. Yeah. Because I'm with you. The problem is that the Western church, in order for us to get people in, to get people in, exactly, to get people in. You leave out certain elements. And this suffering is one. So, for example, theology of suffering is it. Is it something that's barely talked about in the Bible? Or is it something that has happened from Genesis all the way to Revelation? Right? He tells the church. Now, in Revelation, he doesn't just tell one church. This is at Revelation 18, 19. Tears will be wiped away. Right. So who's suffering there? Just one group? No, it's the church in general. Mm -hmm. Everybody. So the theology of suffering is essential and key to the teaching of Christianity. And I feel... And I include myself, man. I don't want to sound arrogant. I include myself. In order to get people in the door, we're figuring out ways to do it. And so we that has affected, like Abel said, the dynamics. It's affected the health of the church, and it's affected the way we do evangelism. And so people are comfortable enough just coming once a week. And it's not even the whole day, right? It's like two hours in the morning. Yeah. And we call that being Christian. Because we're maybe too afraid of talking about the carrying the cross part. A.W. Tozer said, and this, actually I read this with Francis Chan. A.W. Tozer said, maybe we don't need more Christians. We need better Christians. Right. Right. And to the better means that from the beginning, you're teaching as part, as central. Check this out. The cross is a suffering issue. Mm -hmm. Isn't that central to our theology? Mm -hmm. So why wouldn't us carrying the cross be central to it either if Jesus carried it and he's calling his followers to carry it. Maybe that's not too popular, right? So I would say that I concede uh, everything you've said, but I would add that 
love doesn't negate the suffering. Like you were saying, like with Jesus, it was all one thing. Exactly. Right? And we have an example of that when he's in Gethsemane, where he's telling his father, if it's possible, take this cup away from me. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. uh, in other words, <laughs> I don't want to die because it's not a natural of course. Human desire. Desire, yeah. right? But this is where the love comes in, right? There, that's the suffering. But he says, if there's no other way, or in other words, he says, but let your will be done, right? But if there's no other way, love is going to triumph, mm. right? Love is going to triumph in all of this suffering. And I think, and I think that's the, the, the context in my mind that I think is important to, to put, put those into together because the fact that Jesus is walking to die carrying the cross is an act of love. It's not an act just of suffering. It's an act of love and suffering because he's not doing that for himself. He's doing that for us, right? And so... And I we're called to do the same. And we're called to do the same. So I think there has to be a balance on, on how we explain that. Because like you say, those people that can be very legalistic just say, well, let's go poke the bear. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and like we've been saying, the, the reason why the bear wants to fight isn't because we poked them. It's because we're living out our Christianity. Correct. And and the other part of that that I see, and, and you've made a very good point about this, both you and uh, Abel, is the fact that um, that's what, one reason why, and, and I'll speak for my churches only, where you, 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 you prepare ministry programs mm -hmm. to enrich them uh, spiritually, and nobody comes, right? Mm -hmm. And nobody comes. But what I have come to the conclusion uh, with all of that is, you know, if I was expecting numbers, mm -hmm. then I'm doing all this for the wrong reason. Mm -hmm. It's yes. about the quality of individuals that are hungry Yes, that mm -hmm. we have to continue to do them. Yes. Right? So even if it's two, three, four of them and you don't get the number you were expecting with all the work you put in. Of course. That's why I think that's why Jesus is so wise when he says, if there's two or three that are willing to learn, change yeah. their lives and be my disciples, I'm good with it. So let me let me let me kind of touch on on what you're saying and how does that look like in imagine in practical terms? We have a good example of someone that suffered a lot for the cause of the gospel in Paul. Mm -hmm. The man he, and he's constantly saying, right, I'm, 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 I'm suffering, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm suffering persecution. And so you, you, we have to really look at why he was suffering. What, what, was the, what was the essence of his message that caused him to suffer? In Acts chapter, uh, I think it's 14, we see an example of why he gets stoned, why he gets arrested, why he gets beat up. And in essence, it's because he's uplifting the name of Jesus. Mm -hmm. he, he's not going around saying, uh, hey, stop eating this. Hey, stop eating that. Hey, look like me. Dress like me. The, the main reason why the guy is suffering and, and being persecuted is because he's uplifting the name of Jesus. And as he's doing that, there are signs of Jesus in his life. And so the people in that town, they start uplifting him and Barnabas and saying, you guys must be gods. Yeah. And so the moment that they, their, their egos start getting stroked, 
Paul, Paul said, why are you guys doing this? Yeah. We are, we are humans like, we, we are human like you. And, and, and people didn't like that. Mm-hmm. And so it says, it tells us that a group of Jews, they, 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 guard, they gathered a bunch of people. So Paul's denial of self caused them to suffer. Yeah. Paul's <laughs> denial of self. Paul's, Paul's saying, don't look at me, look at Jesus, was, was not well received. Yeah. Isn't well, that literally Jesus' teaching? Yeah. If you absolutely do not deny yourself. But but that's the issue. Now now let me let me echo on what you're saying a little bit. I mean, look, yes, there's people who are legalistic. But I like to argue that that's not the majority of the western church. Mm-hmm. The majority of the western church is comfortable. Mm-hmm. No, I agree 100%. The majority like that we do have those, you know, dissident groups and they're always trying to feel persecuted. We we've had that. Unfortunately, in Laodicea, like you're saying, right? Which is the 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 state of the church now, majority is I don't want to deny myself. Or maybe I could deny myself a little bit. Or we've 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 redefined so, denying ourselves. So let's get to that because you know, why do they deny why don't they want to deny themselves? Why don't we well yeah, yeah. So we, one of the things that I have thought about very uh, very long, um, because the ideology of our Christian church today in general is and and tell me what you guys think about it is uh, God, I love you, but don't tell me what to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so they want to come to God, but they don't want to surrender the, their ideological uh, thoughts or opinions. And and well, and, we want we want the benefits of God, but not God Himself. Right. Because to take God, then you have to say, okay, even if I have this opinion on this, I have to take God's now, right? Deny because yourself. I'm surrendering to Him, right? And so it's hard for a lot of people to say. Well, this is my view on this, and I love God, but I don't know that I necessarily subscribe to that particular issue. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. And so I think a lot of that has to do with people not surrendering to him, and so they have that, that idol worship of their pastors, mm. right? Because their pastors is not going to challenge them to change that, mm. and although they should... Mm-hmm. Like they feel very comfortable because they're like, well, as long as I'm singing the hymn, doing the prayer, opening the book, the scripture to where he's saying as he's preaching, you know, give, paying my tithe and offering, making sure I'm going to church on Sabbath, having good behavior. All of that is not going to be the telltale of who I really am or what I really think. Yeah. And so that's, I think, another big issue in our church that it's not just the comfort part. It's also the me wanting to surrender my own ideological happiness, right? I want to be able to to say, yeah, this is the norm, just like society says it, right? Mm-hmm. I don't want to be able to be challenged and say, well, then you're a bigot because you believe the Bible and and that's old traditional stuff, mm-hmm. right? So, so it's important for us to remember that when we come to God... The first thing that God is going to ask us is surrender everything about you, even what, even how you think, because I'm going to show you a new way of thinking, a new way of living. Should we be preaching that in evangelism? Of course. And and that's that's where I take issue. What I think that's that's not going to get you numbers. Mm-hmm. 
That's not going to get you it's numbers. Not. It's not going to get you numbers. But then again, we should be okay because, and we said this the last time, right, when we're talking with other pastors, the gospel's not legitimized by numbers. Yes. Numbers don't the legitimize. The gospel was already legitimized. Exactly. Mm. Exactly. The gospel's already legitimized. Yeah. And the gospel says, you will suffer by my name because of me. If you follow me, if you obey me, and you have to carry a cross. Now, that's not popular. It's probably not going to get numbers. But it's going to get the hearts. And let's be, let's add, let's be honest. And you might get fired. <laughs> yeah. Because in some cases, some yeah, you might be out of a job happy, or something. Won't be happy with your Yeah, because, because, they, yeah. because they, see, they see a church that is emptying out yeah. Yeah. as a failure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And not as... A shifting yes. of what needs to be happening, you know. And again, let me just say the balance is important because the balance is you, important. You do have those people who are like are always talking like, yeah, see, it's not about numbers; it's about being. But it's a legalist mm-hmm. church. That's the other extreme. And mm-hmm. I mean, we're not talking about that right now. We just have to kind of disclaim it, sure. like I said, because that's not what we're saying either. Yeah. Right. We need to, you know, call everybody out, tell everyone who's stupid, tell everyone they're going to hell. And that that's not the way to do it. It's it's a balance. Carrying a cross is specific in how Jesus mm-hmm. wanted us to go about it. And it's through his teachings, loving one another, mm-hmm. all of that. And and yes, that's not gonna get numbers. In some cases, it is because the Holy Spirit has power to transform, just like it did Absolutely. in the days of Peter, right? Yeah, the Bible says that anytime that the gospel is preached, it never gives void. Mm-hmm. And that's not because of how talented we are. Yeah. It's because of the work of the Holy Spirit. Right. And so I think we need to learn, relearn how to trust the Holy Spirit and worry about people living like Christ. Yes. Then worrying about how full the church is. Yes. And we need to, can we acknowledge that sometimes there's going to be soil, right? In the, in the parable of the seeds, seeds, there's some soil that is just not going to accept it. Yeah. It's not going to accept it. Does that mean we change the seed? No. We have to preach the seed how the seed yeah. is, right? Like, Because it's not my seed. It's God's seed. The gospel needs to be preached the way it's preached. And it's it's unfortunate, man. Wouldn't we love it if everyone just received... Like, even we're still on the journey, right? Yeah, a, we're a battling on the journey. with it. But wouldn't it be great if it falls on soil that just embraces it? And then just, man, that, that seed is growing like crazy, amazingly. But there's just some soil... That is just not going to go, man. So, and, and and that doesn't mean Jesus never said, then change the seed. Yeah. He threw the same seed to every every Same crowd. seed. Same seed, man. That's that's key. So, But it's hard. There's a story about a seed of this king that was dying, right? And he didn't have an heir. So he comes out to the kingdom and says, I'm going to give everyone a seed. Mm. And I want you guys to grow this seed into a big, beautiful flower, right? And he says, I'm going to give you a certain amount of time. So everyone in the kingdom, all the young kids, everyone grabs a seed, right? And they're seeing that the, the, the seed is not growing. Yeah. So they're putting it in the sun. They're getting better soil, everything, right? And there's this kid that sees the same thing, but he's like, well, the, the seeds are not working. Yeah. Right? So the time comes where this emperor says, okay, I want to see who grew the best flower. And he comes and he puts it and he sees everyone has a beautiful p- flower and it sinks his heart. And because what they didn't know 
was that the seed that he gave them was a dead seed. Mm. So he sees around, he's like, everyone tried to do it on their own. Everyone tried to lie. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And and he sees this young kid and he's like, that kid doesn't have a flower. Mm -hmm. So he calls the kid and he says, kid, why, why didn't your seed grow? He's like, I don't know. I put it in the sun. I put, I gave it water, everything, but it never grew. Mm. And he's like, you know why it didn't grow? And he tells him, because it was a dead seed. Now you're going to be the emperor. So the point of it is that when our seeds don't grow, we don't do what Jesus did. Mm. We just let it do its thing, right? Yeah. I mean, Jesus just let us do its thing, but we try to grow it. Mm. We, we force, force it. We yeah. force, a, force a, it. a seed that's not going to grow to grow. Compromising the gospel. By compromising compromising the gospel. principles. Compromising just, just exactly innovating different ways, but that are counter to to Christ. Yeah, counterintuitive. Yeah, because Christ, Christ, Christ never told us to grow the seed. That's the Holy Spirit's work. Mm -hmm. But we're trying to grow the seed. Oops, we're trying to grow the seed because we think, well, if we don't, they're going to leave. Or we're, gonna, or we're gonna get fired. Yeah. Or we're gonna get fired. Yeah. Right. So I've always said, and you guys, and you guys know that I've always said this, that I always tell people, don't guard your job, mm -hmm. guard your ministry, because mm -hmm. there's a difference, right? Because if we're guarding a job, then there's no point to our ministry because we're gonna do it all humanly. Well, this program didn't work. Jeez, let's, you know, we need to guard our ministry. Because what we're guarding, first of all, is ourselves in God. Mm -hmm. And then we're guarding him teaching us what we need to give, even yeah. if it's unpopular. Yeah. So I, I think evangelism uh, and, and following the examples of Paul, you know, when you present Jesus and you uplift him, it's going mm -hmm. to naturally bring issues. Yes. Because it's count Jesus gospel, although it's contextual. It's intercultural. It's multicultural. Yes. It's also it's also countercultural. Yeah. Right. So it's not of this world. So the moment you invite someone to Jesus, and you uplift Jesus, mm -hmm. and you ask them to deny themselves, mm -hmm. then there's naturally pushback. Mm -hmm. And yeah. so, with that pushback is where the problem comes. And so even after the he gets stoned, he gets kicked out of the city. Look what he tells the disciples that go and pick him up. Are you okay? Look what he tells them. He says. He strengthened their souls mm. and he encouraged them to continue in the faith. Verse 22. Yeah. Saying, powerful. saying this through many tribulations. Yeah. We must enter the kingdom of God. Mm -hmm. So Did he, you say the verse. Yeah. So, oh. so verse 22, chapter okay. Acts, chapter 14. Okay. Same, same, My same goodness. scene. Right. So he's not saying, ah, oh, I wish I could stop suffering. Oh man, this, this is what, this isn't what I signed up for. Mm -hmm. No, he's saying guys, cause they went to pick him up. Are you okay? This is part of it. This part of it, guys. When, when we lift up the name of Jesus, this is what, what's going to happen. But through these tribulations, we're entering the kingdom of God. Yeah. You know, Jeremiah uh, writes the book of Lamentations. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I preached on this on uh, this past Saturday of how Jeremiah, in the book of Lamentations, chapter 3, he writes, All my suffering is because of you, God. Mm. Like he actually uses those words just in the first verse, right? Well, just check out the name of the book. Yeah, Lamentations, <laughs> yeah. right? So he's going through through all the things, all the suffering he's he's been going through. And then in, when you get to verse 22, he says something amazing that when I read that, I was like, whoa. Yeah. He says, and then he remembered God. So 
in the in the first part of the of the chapter, he's telling God, "Because of you, I'm suffering." Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But then he remembers, "Wait a minute, you're still God." Yeah. So, in other words, all this suffering that is happening is because of you, but because it's with you, I'm okay. Yeah, it's part of it. It's mm -hmm. part of it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's his conclusion. Yeah, yeah. and I was like, "Wow." Yeah. Yeah, it's part of it. It's amazing how how when we see God in the light of his truth, we realize that bad things are going to happen. Yeah. You know, we just got to get over it. We got to get over it and decide, well, here comes another tsunami. Yeah. Let me hold on to God. Yes. Mm -hmm. Let yes. me go through it with him. Yes. You know? And uh, just let's, let's start wrapping it up. Um It's a beautiful message. Like when the, the gospel is complete. And for us to want to manipulate, I mean, I, I say, man, we have to repent from that, man. Like we, we have, have to, to repent. repent from that. And I, I'm not just saying we just because I want to say it. Like, you know, because we look as our human nature is to look at numbers, is to look at popularity. I mean, we live in the uh, in the age, day and age where attention is is currency, right? Mm -hmm. So, man, we need. You said it's it's about you know the most popular pastor, maybe, but it's maybe it's not about the popular pastor. It's the pastor that fits me, the one that doesn't cause me to deny myself that much. And and this church, well, I'm comfortable with this church, right? And I'm just thinking, like in the days of, of of Acts, like you had diversity in the in the people that were coming to the church. But the the worship and the attitude, the spirit was the same all around. Or at least the Holy Spirit was fighting for it to be the same all around, right? Because you see Paul writing to the different churches. We have to be of one mind. Yes, you're Salvadorian. Yes, you're Asian. Yes, whatever. But we we have to be counterculture. I mean, not for the sake of being counterculture. It's like you said, it comes naturally because following Jesus is counterculture. Mm -hmm. And that's going to bring suffering. And we need to embrace that. It's not easy. It's not popular. It's not the best. But when it's embraced in the way that God wants us to embrace it, it actually becomes joy. Like you said, yeah. uh, Jeremiah. But I remember, like, you know what? In the middle of suffering, you know what? I decided to keep the Sabbath, for an example. I didn't get the the... The race, promotion. the promotion that I could have gotten. And let me tell you, I'm not going to sit here and tell you you're going to get a bigger and better promotion. You mm -hmm. know what? Because you might not. As a matter of fact, you most likely won't. Mm -hmm. And maybe in some cases you might. But guess what? In some cases you won't. And that's okay because you have God. Mm. And I want I, my, my, my last words would be like, I encourage anybody who's going through a suffering. This is part of it. But be encouraged. Like you said, what you just read from Max, be encouraged because we have everything that we need, and that's Jesus. That's Jesus. What, what would you guys so close with? I, I just want to close with this and say, you know, for anyone that's listening to us having a conversation and uh, the topic that we are discussing today, um, and you think, well, that's a good theological conversation, but in reality, how is it? Well, I will tell you. Um, I have oxygen problems. Mm. I almost died of it. Um, to this day, the doctors haven't figured out what I have. My blood doesn't carry a lot of oxygen. I'm, mm. I'm, I, I carry a lot of pain with me. 
I also fall. Like periodically I'll just be walking and I just fall. Happened to me yesterday. And these are real things because I almost died and 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 I, I, I had my wife by the bedside crying, telling God to save me. And I remember, I remember that because I would say, I would say to God as I was gonna go to sleep, because the pain was unbearable. I would say, God, if you want to take me, go ahead. Not because I wanted to die, mm. yeah, but because I trust Him. Mm. And I would say, but take care of my family, yeah, you know, because they're going to go through a lot of suffering by me dying. But by the grace of God, He still has me here with oxygen problems, with no air in the blood. That's good. I can't even donate blood because it would make someone sick, mm. right? And then now I fall. So. It's difficult every day for me. It's challenging for me. And I still trust him, not mm. because I have this supernatural strength and, and I have the title of a pastor, but because I've learned that when we truly want to follow God in the gospel, the way that he's called it to be, that this is part of it. Mm -hmm. And mm. the enemy is not going to fool me to think that because I'm suffering, God stop loving me mm. or God stop guiding me. So if if you take anything for, of of what we've said today is that God is still powerful. God can still do the impossible mm -hmm. even if we're suffering. Mm. Mm -hmm. And I and, and to add to that, I think it's it Paul calls it a privilege. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He calls it a privilege yeah. to to participate to in participate suffering. in his yeah. suffering. Because yeah. so so Christ's yes. invitation. So yes. I think I, I wholeheartedly agree with what you guys are saying. It goes hand in hand. You mm -hmm. can't separate one or the other. Yeah, they, yeah. it's inevitable, right? Mm -hmm. Jesus said, "If whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up the cross." Uh, there's no way around it. Yeah, I'm sorry. However, we we mustn't look at it as in. Oh, yeah. Here we go. Yeah. Yeah. Look what Paul says in Philippians. Chapter 1, um, verse 29. He says, For it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ. So who, who's doing the granting? Christ. Christ, right? Christ. And we, the way we understand faith, it's that it's God gives faith. Yes. Right? So look what he's saying. He's saying, It's been granted to you on behalf of Christ, not only to believe in him. Okay, so he grants not only faith, but look what he says but also to suffer, mm -hmm. to suffer for him. Yeah. So it's a privilege. It's actually a gift mm -hmm. to, to, become, yeah. to, to go through what Christ went through. And maybe not at that level. Maybe, maybe, I don't know. But regardless of what suffering you're going through at this yeah. moment, I don't, mm. everybody's suffering is different. Mm -hmm. yeah. However, it's a privilege. It's a gift from God to, to, be, able, to be counted Right to be mm -hmm. counted in that faith that He gives us, and that suffering in Him, and and so my only thing is oh. is to to see it as as the blessing in this in, in disguise to see mm -hmm. it as the blessing that it is because there'll be a t there'll be a day when we get to heaven where we see our suffering in light of Christ, and the Word tells us that we we're, our our crowns will will take them off, and say I'm not worthy of this mm -hmm. right when we see the suffering. In light of of what God did and what Jesus did, our suffering will will seem as, as nothing, as a joke, 
And so we'll grab crowns and we'll throw them at his feet and say, worthy is the lamb. Yes. He, his suffering is the one that mattered. And, and what he went through is what got us here in the first place. Amen. And I'd finish off. This is a theology. Like this is part of the Bible. This is part of Christianity. James in the, the verse I read earlier, chapter one, verse two says, consider it pure joy. Yes. What? When you get rich? What, when you get the promotion? No. Consider it pure joy. This is difficult stuff. You said, bro, Harold, you said um, the suffering that you're going through. You're like, I, 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 I still feel I trust God. And we, you said this last time. This is supernatural. This is supernatural. Mm. We can't do this. Mm -mm. How do you count suffering as pure joy? Yeah. How do you count? How does you convert that into joy? You can't because as Christians... No, as Christians, as humans, we reject it. We hate it. We despise it. Um, in the correct natural. way, it's natural. Right. Who who wants that? Right. Right. It's it's a it's a consequence of sin, and yet, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Mm -hmm. So what what's produced in suffering? is bigger than whatever we're lacking in that suffering. And, and that's something only God can do. It's supernatural. It's, it's, it's supernatural. It's foreign to human aid. It's just like death. Yeah. No human embraces death, right? However, the word of God does tell us, Paul says, right, death is, how do you say ganancia in English? Uh, gain. It's gain. a, it's a, it's a, yeah, it's and gain. I count it as gain. I count yeah. it as. So that's, that's counter normal common sense, right? So the way you're saying death was a good thing in this case? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. In the kingdom of God, death is a gain. Mm -hmm. So, so yes, I, I think this this element of suffering is not normal. It's not human. It's supernatural, but it comes from a divine source, which is better. That's why one of my favorite authors says that Satan, the enemy, throws everything at us, right? And mm. then he has to stand back and be in awe because he doesn't understand how we still maintain our relationship with god despite all the suffering that mm. he throws and it's because god is the one holding us together yes yes man well we appreciate everyone uh, uh who has joined in who's been part of this uh podcast i know we went on a while but you know you guys could hear this out comment obviously if you guys have any questions if you're going through suffering if you have disagreements if you have something to share write it in the comments i mean we're here to have this conversation um it's it's definitely something we need to keep talking about there's a lot more to unpack obviously but for now i think this will do we hope that you guys continue uh, we have more conversations coming in man and honestly this is our conversation that we have right sometimes literally these are conversations that we have on the phone or in our meetings and stuff like that and i think it's important that we document right like what do pastors talk about and stuff yeah. like that i think it's important that we be able to share and that the holy spirit would move in, in at least these conversations and in your life. So anyway, uh, thank you guys. Appreciate you guys for being here and we'll catch you guys on the next one. See ya.